Hello. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth. You've heard about uh, content being king. Well, wise content rules the world. This podcast is about understanding how you can make and utilize wise content to improve your financial success or your business's financial uh, profits. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, and I'm a marketing technology expert who has built multi-million dollar companies. I'm also an award-winning content producer. Um, be sure to go to wisecontentcreateswealth.com to sign up for my newsletter and get access to resources to help you produce wise content. My company is Galileo Tech Media, a leader in SEO and inbound marketing, uh, spe- specializing in wise content tactical execution. Wise content is content that incorporates, incorporates semantic science, behavioral science, AI, and data to make marketing content that is smart and that performs better. Our agenda today is a, is a little history, a chat with an industry leader who's going to talk about the process of creating wise content that performs and some resources to explore further. So a little history. You know, utilizing content to, uh, to market is not necessarily a new thing, uh, but uh, people don't know that it actually, uh, actually sort of mar- modern content marketing happening started in the 19th century. Uh, there was an inventor in the, in the 1850s, a guy named Cyrus Hall McCormick Sr., who was an American inventor and founder of the McCormick Harvesting Machine Company, which later became part of International Harvester Company. He is credited, uh, he is credited with inventing the mechanical wheat reaper, uh, which revolutionized farming. He also revolutionized marketing with content marketing tactics. Some of the things he did was he, he made use, extensive use of testimonials and encouraged word of mouth uh, marketing of his, uh, uh, word of mouth of his products. He created written assembly instructions that were simple and aided by numbers printed on the parts. You know, things that you get at Ikea today. You had, uh, he created basically the franchise uh, model with local merchants acting as uh, sub-agents and giving them lots of content to help them sell his products. Uh, great after-sales service. Um, he, he started training, giving training materials to farmers um, and he coupled advertising. This is the interesting. He coupled advertising with the push for product articles that were picked up by other newspapers. And I think that's that's a key thing in what we're talking about in terms of wise content uh, in today's in, in, in today's uh, uh, world. And also, he published his own magazine, which is a great concept for uh, many companies, especially in the in the B two B space. Uh, to be your own publisher and having journalistic co- quality content that lets people get expert advice on what's going on. Um, he uh, also did things like creating contests. Uh, he had de- live demonstrations and, and, and other things. Uh, but, you know, his, his revolution was to market from the customer's viewpoint and how every aspect of the total offer can be improved. And that included all the content that surrounded the product, the training manuals, the articles that went out to newspapers and were coupled with the advertising. So, you know, he invented uh, a, a process not based upon digital digital at all uh, to create wise content. Now, my guest today is Chris Boggs, who is a 20-year veteran of the, the veteran of the digital marketing di- industry. Chris started working with search engines, marketing campaigns, and the insurance space 
after leaving the, leaving the U.S. Marine Corps uh, right before year 2K. Luckily, nothing happened to take down the Internet, and Chris learned hands-on SEO and paid search uh, in the early years of the, the 2000s. Then uh, Chris leveraged his marketing degree to launch an agency career, which culminated with him forming his consultancy, Web Traffic Advisors, in 2014. Chris works with directly with CEOs, CMOs, and marketing leads to manage and improve campaigns, and he's been doing this for 12 years for enterprise a- agencies. Um, and he works with all, all, all uh, people, for all companies from all walks of digital life, and from designers and developers to product owners and content owners, PR teams and business intelligence groups. He lives in Saratona Springs in upstate New York and enjoys soccer, golf, and walks in the wood with his family in Labrador. Hello, Chris. Hello. Nice to be here, Joseph. Thank you for the kind introduction. And that's a great story, uh, you know, about sort of how, you know, these things started. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we are we're the culmination of a of a, a wheat reapers company. <laughs> so uh, in the rural America, invented uh, modern content marketing. That's good to know, right? Yeah, um, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's get started. What are some of the agencies you work for, and what roles allowed you to most influence their content strategy and creation? Sure. So um, first of all, I think the the important background is that I'm an SEO originally or search engine optimizer. And so hopefully people won't turn it off when they hear that because a lot of SEOs have gotten bad names. But that is what I would classify as my sort of agency undergraduate degree. Well, uh, SEO, so started, let me just say, let me just say, you know, I'm in the SEO space and yeah. there's a lot of people that don't uh, yeah, you know, that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of wind out there talking about SEO, but there's a there's a very few people that can do it on the scale and 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 expertise that people like you and I have. All right. I appreciate that and 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 agree just simply because we're old, right? <laughs> uh, and, and we're lucky enough to get into this uh, really when it started. Uh, Google came out, and you know this isn't about an SEO fundamentals, but it is important when you look at SEO to think about it for one moment as an introduction, so you understand why I'm coming at this topic from the way I do. And and the way that I look at it is that you know from Maslow's perspective, you have technical base and the core is content, right? And not just content that's uh, text, uh, but all types of content that we're going to talk about today. And then what what is needed also for SEO is authority in the form of people talking about it or linking to it, right? So uh, the the core is to create that content. And and I've often, or uh, for a long time, uh, been sort of a proponent of letting the content be the king and guide the links, uh, the links are certainly the queen when you talk about SEO, but it's the content that it has to be charismatic, right? So that being said, uh, this is I, I learned this by uh, originally being in-house, and then uh, I was in a small agency outside of Baltimore, one, a, a great team, small team. Anita Schott uh, was the principal there, and she was just a really early, really sharp SEO minded person, literally working with cold fusion and some of these other like old school uh, ways to build websites. But she taught me some amazing things about sort of that technical base that I mentioned. 
Uh, I went from there. Um, I was fortunate to get head on and to go to work to an agency in Cleveland uh, that was um, ultimately acquired by uh, Brulant uh, or uh, Rosetta, which was ultimately acquired by Publicis. I also spent some time at, um, so that agency was called Brulant. And then I spent some time at Avenue A Razorfish. It was then in Philadelphia, oh, wow. uh, right by the <laughs> Franklin Bridge. Uh, that was fun. I was their first uh, SEO strategist, and uh, it was kind of a cool role. To, and that's when I got to start, you know, working with all these different levels of people within the agency and client ecosystem, right? Because really, in the mid two thousands and into the mid two to now, uh, you know, SEO has obviously percolated into more and more areas of the web sphere uh, of, of what you're doing for marketing, right? So uh, those were the agencies. I ended up with the smaller agencies up up here. Um, I was chief marketing and operating officer for an agency called Internet Marketing Ninjas uh, in Clifton Park, New York. And then six years ago, I just formed my own thing uh, and have been working in support of large agencies um, as well. Uh, I've had projects here and there to basically backfill their expertise uh, from an SEO perspective, but I mostly work directly with clients, um, either helping them, um, you know, working directly to manage their agencies or directly to manage their campaigns. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Cool. Well, you know, when we, um, when we, when we did a little preparation for this discussion, um, you, you, I was impressed that you stressed the importance of developing a strong foundation for all digital content. So before we get into the strategies of wise content, could you? I think it'd be a good idea to provide a summary of how approaching content with an SEO background has, has taught you to think technically. Sure. Um, first of all, I've learned that uh, you should never, uh, you know, consider yourself as a marketing person any any way like superior minded or having better ideas than when you're dealing with technical teams, right? Let's touch on the human side of it first. Um, SEOs originally were sometimes seen as being, you know, bulls in a China shop, as they say, uh, and, and, and barging in and saying, hey, fix this, do that, do this, do that. And, and we are, in fact, enabled by Google, for example, and Bing have these webmaster tools that guide us to tell teams that are technical teams and 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 large you know the larger the organization the more people that are involved in IT and and ownership of the back end and the front end of the website right so I need to just start by saying that it's very important that SEOs that work in this area do approach it diplomatically and look for ways. It, the best way, obviously, to get improvement uh, from a base technical SEO perspective is to work together uh, with the technical team to accomplish changes being recommended, uh, frankly, by Google right now. You know, you could argue, well, why should we follow these uh, specific? Google has a tool called uh, Core Web Vitals. Uh, it was originally called PageSpeed Insights. Uh, then it became known as Lighthouse, uh, which is really the tool that manages what their product, Core Web Vitals, is. I guess the best way most right, people yeah. say it. This is uh, January 15, 2021. But point is, is that that's what that's what the base of all this discussion is, right? What we need to do is if we're going to take the time to develop content and wise content to help to support 
uh, wealth for either, uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, you want to make sure that that content is not only be able to be indexed, uh, you know, just a simple indexation process within search engines, uh, but that it has a mobile friendliness to it. I mean, this is 2021. And, and in May, Google is really pushing even more of this forward. So uh, if you think SEOs have been whining about technical SEO for a, in the past, uh, welcome to more coming. Right. So point is that um, technical has to be your base for all this content discussion, because if you're not getting your content indexed or it's, if it's getting indexed two times or three times, or if there's other things that aren't supporting it and we can get into internal linking later, because you and I are both advocates of that and the importance of it from a user experience and SEO perspective. But, you know, those are the things that you want to deal with. And there's a whole checklist um, every SEO has a slightly different one and they're grouped separately, uh, but they have to do with site responses, redirection, uh, making sure that it's only one version of a page. These are all crucial to whatever we talk about the rest of this show. If you don't have that right, you're not going to benefit from the investment in your content. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I, I got one question. We're about to go to a break. So quick question. Um, what do you think about accessibility? Is that a, is that a, a real requirement for SEO? Well, I've always loved accessibility because since in the early, probably mid-2000s, I first said it, uh, Google's the largest blind user of the Internet, right? And so the reason what I'm saying there is that um, you should make your content, whatever it is, legible to disability screen reading softwares. Uh, I think it was Target that was hit really hard in the 2000s for uh, the inaccessibility of their content to certain uh, classes uh, uh, that were in a disability. Uh, either they're using uh, screen reading uh, software or for some other reason, uh, they're unable in- to access. So Think of that because you can kill two birds with one proverbial stone by, by remaining accessible. You're also maybe uh, presenting some more of your content to, to Google and its text browser uh, or and then also its optical recognition, audio recognition that's getting better and better. Uh, but you want to tag those. Right. So these are all things that I think are very important to think about from a disability software perspective as well. So right. accessibility. So. Uh... Yeah, so we're going to head off into a break now. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about uh, wise content and SEO. Hi, this is Joseph McElroy back with uh, uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest Chris Boggs. So, Chris, you mentioned to me that uh, SEO grew and evolved with the search engines. And I know that personally because I've been around with it as well. Um, and so, you know, at first it was small plot people trying to get ahead. And then it became bigger and bigger companies and you know, higher levels of organization. Can you explain to me how you saw this educated influence, uh, educated uh, um, ecosystem and, and influenced your understanding content roles within the enterprise brand ecosystem? Well, sure. And, and first of all, after I heard that ad, I got to say that I love and miss New York City. That first ad, you know, <laughs> it, it seems like we're so close and yet I can't get down there right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time. Um, so, yeah, um, obviously, SEO has grown. Some would define it as a cat and mouse game because, um, 
there's certain people that have done SEO better than others and, and, and that have tilted the playing field uh, for some types of businesses for some time, right? If they own the top uh, few or organic uh, results, uh, some not by even their own fault, right? Like we talk, we could talk about Wikipedia and and some of the other content bomots out there, <laughs> behemoths, I should say it right yeah. instead of in my joking manner, uh, that are out there and that can dominate, uh, you know, sort of content uh, oriented rankings. Uh, but Really, from a personal perspective, I kind of mentioned before that I had a great opportunity to work across a lot of different teams. And what I was fortunate enough is to be in larger agencies with so many smart people that each knew their jobs really well, uh, but that also were realizing and, and that I wasn't an ass and, and, and that, you know, we could work together. And by I, I mean the SEO team uh, and, and, and the other people around you, right? So I think that we, you could argue that the whole, you know, digital marketing ecosystem has grown tremendously into adulthood, uh, you know, since 2000, along with SEO and everything else, right? And that includes working together. Um, And so that's what I've learned, I think, the most is by working together with all these teams, you start to realize, hey, maybe I should have been involved two meetings ago, right? And mm-hmm. that's, I think, probably the biggest thing that I've learned uh, in, in across working with all these different teams and roles and agencies is that the earlier you can get in and be considered, uh, if you have SEO goals for the content uh, that that is going to be produced by an organization, uh, then the better off you're going to be because of the the technology that I just talked about. Right, right. Uh, you can do keyword research, which is sort of the rue of any SEO. Right, is you on, you need to understand what people are typing in, and and then so you do that research and literally can bake that into your website's navigation and sitemap if you're doing it at the right time. Right, otherwise it becomes a lot of. SEOs come in and say, oh, wow, you got these great, you know, structures of your site. And but we're going to have to tear everything down in order to really make this content more palpable to both humans and um, and SEOs. Right. And 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 therefore Google. So I think what I've learned is that the earlier an SEO can get in, in a way, the better or as long as a company or a content production entity has that mindset of let's consider you know, how this content is structured if it was put into a directory. Uh, let's consider what should be the, you know, the top pyramid of theme. And then, you know, if you're selling apples and oranges and bananas, I always say, right, yeah. you want that on your homepage, but you want a strong apple category, a strong orange category, and a strong banana category. You're not going to compete against the banana-only sites, the orange-only sites, and the apple-only sites. Exactly. Those are the two summaries of, I guess you could say, what I've learned um, you know, over the years working with those agents, well, no, I think it's sense, a, uh, you know, I think it's a good point you made that you know you, you got to get there in there early. And I think anything dealing with content is that you know, you know, whether you're going to do behavioral stuff or you're going to do you know AI or other science, getting in there early to be part of the whole development is important because it goes into the structure of what the technology is and all that. Yeah, we we've been in travel and we work with something called memorable tourism experiences, which is emotional triggers that make people remember things, which uh, anticipation builds those emotional triggers. And so you, you, early on, you want to build in those emotional triggers. So uh, yeah. it's incredible to be there early. 
So that, you know, that's, our team, that's a classic what, you know, has become and we again don't want to get off into a whole other tangent. But, you know, social media marketing and the audience to engage, to convert continuum. Right. This is what we're talking about is cr- developing the right audience and and engaging them with content and then you'll convert uh right and and that's maybe i'm jumping ahead a little bit but i think it ties into what you just said there right exactly you know it's uh you know the, the how are you going to get them down that journey to converting starts way early before even the technology guys get involved <laughs> yeah but anyway um you know that, that, that this you know our theme is wise content creates wealth and you know my elementary summary i said before is it's a it's content that incorporates semantic science, behavioral science, AI, and data, and, and other things, in fact, to make marketing content that is smart and that performs better. What do you think this means to you? Well, first of all, I, I think um, this ties in, obviously, nicely with the story that you said at the beginning. You know, um, what is it that makes your content more pool-worthy? I think an important thing that you tied, you talked about was uh, a push for uh, product articles and 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 content and advertising within product articles. That's in a way also what we are now thinking about when people when we want to place our content in front of searchers is that we want to pull them to us, right? Versus push marketing. So in a way, I could you could argue that there's a bit of uh, of that in in that story uh, from yeah. from Farmer John days, right? <laughs> uh, but to me, why is content create creates wealth. Um, Wise is probably the most interchangeable word, I think, in that. Um, Some would say wise, some would say, you know, useful. Uh, You know, if you were Thomas the Tank Engine, you'd say useful content. (laughs) You know, for example, uh, that that word can be changed, right? But content, we're talking about creating and wealth are are really the core of that. And to me, wealth, it, it means two things. It's the wealth for the website owner or business owner that wants to get people to engage with their content and ultimately convert. But it's also the wealth that those people that are engaging with the content get, right? Because if they're not getting that wealth, then they're not going to give you any wealth. It's that simple, right? It's when I, when I was actually walking my dog is when this finally kind of, to me became the core of how I would define the term wise content creates wealth is that it does have to be for both sides, uh, because if you're just tr- thinking about this as creating wealth for yourself and what can I do? And if I spend twenty thousand dollars on some influencer to come and smile next to me, is that going to create wealth? Uh, you know, it depends. Do Does your audience like that influencer and will they buy stuff because you sat next to them in a picture? Right. So that's to me. Uh, the wealth word is so important to remember in that statement, I think, as being a two way. Well, I, you know, I, I, I called it wise because you're actually hitting a, a point that I was wanting to emphasize. You know, last week, first, the first uh, person here was a nonprofit. All right. Uh, and, and talking how they, they became a big nonprofit through content. But the point was that I wanted to start off with this idea that we're not just about the, the money. It's about wealth flowing in multiple ways. Right. You know, content, you know, sure. I could talk about smart content that will just get you a bunch of uh, cash in your, in your uh, bank account tomorrow and next week, two, two months from now. Regardless of what the damage that content does, you know, you can consider conspiracy theory marketing. Is that really wise? I think in today's day and age, we can say conspiracy theory marketing to sell stuff. Wise guy. (laughs) It's probably not wise, okay? 
Um, so you, I want to emphasize doing it in a, in a wise way. And, you know, we're, we're mature men now, we're mature people. And, you know, wisdom may be uh, something we've learned over time. And so maybe we can communicate that. So, um, so uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, uh, in that vein, you, 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 we were talking about this. What are some of the examples you've seen in the industry um, uh, level where content study is about 100% about helping both sides like that? Great. Well, um, first of all, some people would say that I have a bit of a man crush on Best Buy because I bring them up a lot um, <laughs> in, in, in presentations uh, at conferences. Uh, but primarily, and this is we're getting back into what I wanted to talk about with you earlier, but I stopped myself, which was uh-huh. internal linking. Um, I think that sometimes and, and let this I think bears you talked about history. So in the late 2000s, people uh, and were just like, wow, let's make a content about everything. Like if I wanted to sell printers I would create a page that talked about how to refill the printer cartridge in that printer. But then I would also create not only a video on how to replace that uh, printer cartridge, but I would sell, create, spend money on two or three more videos on how to do it if you're left-handed and how to do it if you're, uh, you know, doing it at night. (laughs) So it it really became overboard, this concept of creating content uh, for SEO and Google ended up putting a big slap on it in, in the Panda algorithm, it was called, in 2011 uh, when it first came out. And they, they really uh, sort of changes, changed the direction of everyone again, right? And I think it was a good thing because it was getting out of hand. And, I mean, not to say anything bad about you, the content agencies were making money all over the place. And everyone yeah. was happy and rankings were happening and, and worked so well. Uh, that, but it, it became obvious that a lot of this content was the how to change a printer if you're left-handed, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so we really now have fast-forwarded into the types of content that are much more streamlined. So that's where I bring up Best Buy. Um, I think that their core strength, and, and they now, I was actually looking, because I was looking at Graco, which also does stuff well, but what they've done is they've break, broken off into separate brands like Graco Baby and so forth, right? And we can talk about that. But I happened to see a Best Buy separate brand that was related to strollers too. Um, that's, I uh, uh, can't find it now. Uh, anyway, Best Buy Baby or something. I don't know. But point is, is that um, what I love about them is that they have, done a very good job of creating their product level content. And at each product level page, they have ultimately unique banner or scrolling, you could call them carousels, whatever you want, but our internal links at the bottom, right? And and so they're keeping people on the site. They're giving them, when I bought my wife one of the new iPad Airs for Christmas, I knew exactly what else I needed to go with that, which is a lot more. That's why I'm not an Apple guy, uh, but it's a lot more things, uh, you know, that you need. And and that was thanks to just the ease of navigation, all the information that was presented to me. So to me, that content's working great for Best Buy because if you search for anything from laptop to refrigerator to all kinds of stuff, they're close to the top. And, and it's working for me because once I get there, 
I, I get what I need and I'm guided. It's a classic. It's almost as old yeah. as the guy who was selling the stuff to the farmers. Hey, what customers also bought or you may also need this, but it's done in a perfect way. I'll pause for your thoughts yeah. before I get to a Let's couple of Yeah, we're going to move to a break now, but we'll continue with this when we get okay. back. Hi, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy with uh, Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Chris Fox. Hey, Chris, so you were uh, talking about Best Buy, and I'd like to see if you, you were going to finish up any, uh, you know. I just wanted to see if I have some more, a uh, couple other examples I want to talk about, but I was curious. Okay. Uh, hey, by the way, you know what I thought of, too, during that ad? Is what? that um, the, uh, the Panda Update was originally named Farmer by Danny Sullivan. So you were talking about farmers earlier. So anyway, oh, right. <laughs> going along here. Yeah. So. <laughs> so uh you you had some examples of more of a you know people yeah sure did you have anything you wanted to add on best buy or anything like that or no oh no no i uh you know the you know i you know you talk about the those pages product pages uh you know providing real value and not just upselling anything that might be upsold i think is important so you create pages that have a you know that that is a, that the user gets value from it is not just for SEO is is really incredibly important. Yeah, you know, whether that's in product or you know like in room sales things like that. You know, just throwing anything at the at the at the user in the upsell process. You know, not knowing anything about them. You know, you know, trying to sell a family vacation plan to a person who's just entered in one person coming is is not being very engaging. So you know, it's it's a good point you made about that. Thank you. And I think that the elephant in the room that we should get to in a minute is reviews, because yeah. obviously, you know, content, you want to talk about the content that probably drives the most <laughs> economics right now is reviews. Right. And so if you can get reviews and, and you host them well, it can be it can give you wealth. And it, as long as the reviews are good and it can, it, it's obviously what a lot of people are talking about. And and maybe we'll get off on that in a minute to that topic, because it's obviously a very important subtopic of content because it's user, yeah. user generated content. Right. And, and again, we could talk another hour about that probably. But if uh, another type of content is informational content. Right. And and um I think Paycor does a good job uh, of ranking for terms like, you know, minimum wage in Tennessee, our companies required to pay out PTO. Uh, so, so that's an example. And then if you look at Paycor, uh, they have a resource center, right? And, and, and they've done a good job optimizing that. Um, there's dozens of other very well-performing sites that have leveraged resource centers uh, to gain rankings. And, and certainly post Panda um, Google has shown willingness. And, and even though they're theoretically, or you can see in some testing currently again in January, 2021, where they're pulling away a little bit from this question and answer type. Uh, when somebody searches something, Google will say, uh, People also ask, right? And then so people started writing a lot of that content for that. And it has been useful. In fact, I've guided from a brand perspective, if you have a brand search and that 
comes up, you should probably be thinking about writing content to answer every one of those questions, right? And doing FAQ schema. <laughs> I think that's still exactly. So that's still, you know, even though Google continues to shift and evolve, that type of content, if you're going to talk to probably only if you're talking about SEO, right? Because and, and if you're really understanding what searches are happening for both your brand as well as non-branded searches that are related to your products and services, right? So point is, is that, you know, the resource center over at Paycor does a good job, I think, of grabbing a lot of number one or, or what are called featured snippet rankings that are actually even further separated from the search results and, and featured, right? And, and some would argue that that's not the best thing to get uh, because then people get the answer right there on the search result and they never, yeah. again, a whole other topic to talk about. Um, the last one that I would want to bring up, I think, is Zales. They've done, and and just because they're in a, in a similar, I think, vein as uh, um, uh, Best Buy, but on the jewelry side. And the reason that I want to bring them up, though, more than the fact that they've done a good job at getting a lot of product level rankings and, and some category rankings mixed in, is that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, in the height of pre-Panda SEO, if you didn't have a page on your jewelry site that said the four C's of diamonds are color, cut, clarity, and oops, uh, <laughs> forgetting it. It's been too long since I've worked in jewelry, I guess. Anyway, but those used to be like it. you had to have that in order to rank, and that was helping rank. Now, you know, we can... I mean, I'm wondering what your thoughts are, because I think it's still important. But what's more important is a ring sizer, right? That's a piece of content that's... that's it's an engagement. It's engagement, yeah. So, you know, I think that engagement is more important than having the all the right uh, content. I mean, basically, you're talking about where they're looking for, well, co- content that right, that's important and authoritative for this also has content that's uh, on their site or on the page about this as well, Right. Yep. Uh, and if you don't have that, then maybe you're not as important. But I think ranking factors of engagement and things like a ring sizer, things that keep them on the page is more important than that information. I agree with you on that. Yeah. That's a double wealth piece of content right there, right? And that, and that's, again, now we get into, you know, so should every jeweler have a ring sizer if they want to compete with sales, right? Yeah. Or um, should every financial institution have a mortgage calculator? They probably have one, thanks to SEOs in 2008 yeah. or whatever. Uh, but, you know, that was what that was back then. And now if you don't have a calculator, then it seems kind of maybe weird that you don't, right? So almost like what used to be, I think, extra valuable opportunities for content that were driven by SEOs and, and expanding these education centers on the websites and the resource centers, those are almost becoming like, you know, you could argue that it's like a college degree versus a high school degree, right? Uh-huh. That you'd have to have a, co- a high school degree and you're okay. But now it's almost like you have to have a college degree. Well, in a way you could, I think, equate website content and understanding what your competitors have and, and at the level of, uh, you know, competition that you exist, if you're a sales competing versus other huge mega jewelers, or if you're just Joe down the road that wants to get more people into their restaurant, right? I mean, this can definitely, we're talking a big scale here, but all this stuff can be talked about at a smaller scale too, I think. Uh, just yeah, I think that, you know, people could even, you know, create, um, you know, simple Google Sheets that, you know, you know or something. There's, certain, there's ways to, you know, right now I'm forgetting, but 
you can create simple things on your site to do calculations, you know, just to keep people there for a few minutes, few seconds extra, things that are unique to your industry. You know, um, you know, I, you know, I think that if your industry gets saturated with something like mortgage mortgage calculators, you need to be thinking of something else. Yep. Right. Because you know, people will, you know, they're not gonna just come to your page, they're gonna come to other people. They've probably already done the mortgage calculator. Yeah. But it's probably, you know, to my to my point, it's yeah. probably like important to have the market. You probably calculator. should have it, yes, but you probably should have something else that, that tickles their fancy even more. That makes it better. Yeah. Right. Maybe one that like directly gets to tie into their own bank account. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there you go. Or uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and you just have to add your social security number too to really. Or, or brings in real live brings in live quotes, or you you know, or whatever. It's, uh, you know, there's you know, or gives you advice as you're doing it, and say, well, you shouldn't put that number in. You should do this. You know, there's yeah, right. What is this? Yeah, whatever things that make it better. All right, exactly. cool. Well, how about? Um, content ideas you shouldn't be doing now well you know we just talked about some that you'd have to weigh whether or not they're still valuable right are they antiquated uh, concepts uh the idea of printing out you know having a separate version of your recipe for printer friendly it might but i would suggest that more and more of the audiences are, are just using their screen or their ipad or something in the kitchen right so uh, you know, things like that, the type of content that you want to add that, that becomes audience friendly uh, has to evolve, too. Right. And so maybe instead of printer friendly, you want something that is in a way so that the person doesn't have to keep scrolling on the recipe. They can have the items on the left and the first couple steps on the right, at least. Right. Because usually in the first yeah. couple steps, you're scrolling back up to look for the how much dang butter to put in it. Right. Um, so things like that, like little ideas, I think, uh, to help improve. So the uh, and so. A couple things that are time to retire um, when we talk, we have to look back to SEO here again. Um, there's a concept known as query deserves freshness. Yeah. If you have a new French onion soup recipe, good luck uh, getting it ranked. <laughs> right? Because that is a term that really Google doesn't think deserves freshness uh, yeah. in terms of like how many new French onion soup recipes, how many people are talking about at this point about French onion soup recipes. So, you're going to have a tough time if your goal is to rank number one for French onion soup recipe, uh, especially if you're a new site that doesn't rank for any other recipes, right? And there's people that want to go out there and just use recipes as their foothold into some fitness or health type areas or whatever. And it's just, it's a very crowded space. So again, what kind of, what can you do to make your recipe different, right? Um, so I, I, you know, there's, I talked about the other time to retire content is if you're creating videos that you're only doing it or content that you're only doing it for SEO, you got to go look and see what the engagement metrics on the content is. It's great. Oh, wow. I'm an SEO. I can say, oh, look, I got this article ranking now for 40 different terms. It's awesome. Well, how much traffic are they getting and what's happening to that traffic? Is the traffic going on further into the site? Are they reaching goals that you want? Or are we getting into back into the pre-panda days of developing traffic just for traffic that just comes and reads something and goes away, right? And that's not, you know, that's to me the crux of creating bad content or, or time to retire is more the strategy uh, than the particular content. So, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the, the, the aspects of it. You know, one of the things I think that you're the, a great expert in is the process that companies need to go through. 
you know, in developing their processes, advising on, you know, um, what they should do, you know, and auditing and things like that. So what would you be your top considerations if your assignment was to help guide the creation of wise content for an organization? Well, first of all, a solid understanding. You know, you could approach this in like any classic uh, uh, digital marketing development process of define, design, build, launch, right? Mm -hmm. And so the define is, is really important. Uh, because, um, and I know that we got, I got to keep this minute, this a little short here. This we'll finish up after the, the break. Yeah. Okay. But so I, I think that, um, in the definition stage is, is the, is the most important part to not only think about what I call inside baseball and how you think about your products and stuff. And even, and it's very easy, especially if you're surrounded by yes people or the larger and larger organization to get too narrowly focused around what your product is and what it should be called and what people search for it. Long-term care is a great example. People search for long-term care insurance, not LTC, but every long-term care insurance person I've ever talked to says they want to rag first for LTC. So, you know, that's a very minute granular example, but understanding, you know, what it is that people are going to be searching for that are part of your target audience is you know, the foundation. And then we, if we want to take a break, we'll we're going yeah, to take a break now. Yep. Hi, this is Joseph Franklin Mackler with the podcast. Wise well of uh, wise content creates wealth with my guest, Chris Boggs. So, Chris, we were uh, talking about define, design, build, and launch sequence for a content. And the top consideration, right? And so yeah. I kind of merged those two topics a little bit already. Yeah. Um, to me, I think it's the type of content that they want. Um, and, and that's really one of the top considerations so that when you're building out your content calendar, you can think about the different legs. Uh, you yourself, Joseph, will use this exact interview that we're doing right now in other ways right and and in mm -hmm. and in social or as as uh you'll use the zoom part of the recording uh so understanding how you, and 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 why to use different kind of content is based on understanding both your audience and your competitors um i've found especially if you're out of like the ego range sometimes competitors will spend and do stuff because they just want to sell more tires than the guy down the road. Uh, mm -hmm. So you got to think about how people and their mentality is when you're doing competitive research sometimes and understand why people are spending money. Is it more ego driven or is it based on sound marketing science? And, and a lot of times, if you're obviously at the bigger end of the spectrum of organizations, that is what you're going to be looking at. And so the most should, big organizations, they get an ego about what they do and they don't even know the language that their customers talk. Yeah. That good point, but to to my point was understanding where they're spending, right? And, and so, and what they're spending on the type of content, and and if they're spending on creating these nice, rich internet applications or or podcasts or short videos to explain how to do things, and they seem to be popular, which there's all kinds of tools out there. I don't need to tell you or, or advocate any particular ones, but there's great tools out there that can help to identify. Um, 
you know, what your competitors are doing uh, and, and spending and, and then just spend the time. Can you give an example of a tool like that? Pardon? Oh, yeah, yeah. So SEM Rush or SEMrush, uh, depending on how you like to call it, is one. SpyFu, Search Monitor. Those are ones that are sort of on the SEO side of things. Um, obviously, there's tools that are uh, more display advertising oriented or paid media oriented specific. Um, and then there's, you know, super... Uh, expensive tools, as it were, uh, in, in, in our space, uh, you know, the conductors and the bright edges and, and, and uh, although search metrics send me an email saying that they're less expensive now. Um, so, you know, it's stuff like that, right? So there's tools, there's a lot of tools out there that can give you a lot of access to different information on what kind of content people are producing and spending. So to me, if, if the top consideration is to understand what the na- or what your competitors are doing as every bit as much as what your audience wants, right? And it seems like it's a simple answer, but it's not because you got to spend the time because otherwise, if you just start creating content, you know, it's it's going to be not planned and, and non-strategic. Uh, the other thing that I would guide there is to always, whenever you create a content plan, uh, is to leave room because you never know when some huge story is going to happen in your industry that you need to put out content about, right? And that's another thing that I've learned about SEO is if something is being talked about in your industry and you're not talking about it, you're that's a, one way that you're going to be dropping behind your competitors a little bit. Um, so, yeah, uh, to me, you know, understanding that content what the audience wants and also uh, being able to generate and put it out as quickly as possible. If that uh, content is going to be important news or information uh, that's current and deserves freshness. Right. Well, I think that we could uh, do a lot of talking, but I want to give you some time to uh, actually talk about your practice and then, you know, where, how, you know, a little, a little bit about what's your practice. What is it you do for the company specifically? You know, and, uh, and then finish up with, uh, yeah, how people uh, can look into what you're doing and get 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 and find it further. Yeah. Well, what it seems like, um, you know, a lot of people know me for SEO, and and certainly uh, I wrote for a long time, and I've I've taken a hiatus, but I'm planning on writing again this year, so you can keep an eye out uh, for some of my topics. But in recent years, I've been I continue to speak at conferences, and I've really been focused on paid media a lot more. Uh, because of, you know, we all like to do as much as we can to stay current. And, and it's been kind of exciting in the paid search space um, in Google um, over the last few years as they've evolved their technology. And to me, what I'm really focused on right now is helping clients to leverage Google's AI to a certain degree, right? And and I think that a lot of people right now, there's we're in an area or an era, I think is the better word, uh, where there's a lot of zealous attempts, I believe, by Google to take over a lot of parts of your paid media marketing, uh, specifically Google Ads. It used to be called Google AdWords. Uh, so in, in a, without getting into the granular, what I do is I deal with uh, people and, and specifically within their campaigns, understanding the exact places their ads are showing up if they're doing display ads, uh, understanding the exact keywords that their ads are showing up for when Google continues to take away a lot of um, insight and, and, and also expands their, what they're calling is understanding and, and AI 
to include more keywords. So let's say you bid on the term, you know, uh, Ferrari service or something, for example. Uh, it used to be that if you bid it on Ferrari service and you bid it what's called an exact match in search, um, you know, that's all you, your ad would show up. But Google has, over the years, decided that in their infinite wisdom that somebody who's searching red Ferrari might actually need service, so they'll sh- serve your ad, right? So without spending this whole last eight minutes bashing on Google, what I do is a lot of... Uh, and and for a while, I wasn't even talking to the Google mm. reps of these people, but now I've started to talk to them. And, and a lot of times they're like, oh, OK, then they back off. So what I there's people that are in between the need for the AI, people that have 10, 15 less conversions per week, mm. uh, you know, that, that um, shouldn't be leveraging uh, what's in the ad system. So that's an answer for what I do. I, mean, uh, I, I think, I think your website is and your website general is. about it. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my daily things that I yeah. do. And I what's your website again? Help people, uh, save what's your money. website again? Oh, my website is webtrafficadvisors.com. Um, right. You can find me at Boggles, B-O-G-G-L-E-S on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, like I said, I'll be doing some writing, so keep an eye out. And uh, well, I'll be there. I'll be looking for you. We should do this again. We got a lot to talk about. It's been uh, fun. So uh, I just want to finish up. You know, Galileo uh, Tech Media, my company, actually uh, works with Chris, uh, you know, and, and consultants like uh, consultants and him. And we produce the smart content that they decide might need to be needed. And we imbue it with the semantics and behavioral science and AI and data that helps it perform better. Uh, and we can do it to scale. Last year alone, well, the year before last, this last year wasn't a great year for anybody, was 40,000 pieces of content um, that we that we did for just one client. So we can do it smart and we can do it on scale. Go to galileotechmedia.com to get more information about it. Sign up for the newsletter at the bottom of the site. Uh, I'm going to be launching wisecontentcreateswealth.com website just to have a page with all the links relevant to uh, this and, uh, and have a newsletter specific to this podcast um, uh, for people to, to see. And next week, we're going to talk about wise content and, and Amazon, um, uh, which will be also, we'll have the uh, our consultant Luke Tierney here to talk about that. He's an expert in Amazon paid and SEO and content, and how to get products to sell on Amazon. Uh, we have we have a lot of great integrations with that as well using schema. Uh, that's some tricks that not many people use. So we'll be revealing some of that. Uh, and then, you know, in February, we'll follow that up with an Amazon SEO seminar. So come in next week to find out about that seminar as well. It'll be free to people to sign up. Uh, and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week. Thank you, Chris. And uh, this has been our podcast for this week.